Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Let's continue our study in the book of James. I'd like today to look at chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. The title of today's session is Good Gifts from a Good God. Remember, James is a book on the critical doctrine of the gospel applied through living a life of consequence and having lasting impact for the glory of God and Savior Jesus Christ. That we live in a manner as Christians where our motivations, emotions, thoughts, and actions align with the Lord Jesus Christ. For James, our words and actions are very important in demonstrating a genuine understanding of our Savior. That being like Christ demonstrates that we have been truly changed by Christ and responding to God in true faith through right belief that produces right actions. James says that this is true religion, the royal law of love. James 1, 16-18, you see here, James' thoughts are critical to understanding the good and holy nature of God when we're wrestling with questions regarding His sovereignty and the things in our lives that seem anything but good when we're in the midst of such circumstances like suffering, trials, and temptation, in that God is the Father of lights, and that every good and perfect gift comes from Him because that is who He is. Don't miss the spiritually focused and theologically sound logic of James's reason here. God can't tempt us to do evil because there is no evil found in Him. He is indeed good and holy, and the natural result of his character is goodness and righteousness that flows out of his very own motives, words, and actions in which we experience from him. In short, the point here is that in order for us to trust God as good, we must know and believe that he is good. He is the Father of lights. The word picture is often used throughout the biblical account in that lights always represent that which is good, pure, and holy. Light exposes. Light brings clarity. Light brings illumination and allows one to simply see. Light brings truth. Light is corrective and sanctifying. Light is constant and it doesn't shift or change. In fact, light is also purifying. Everything else that we can put our hope in will disappoint us and will change on us and lead us to our destruction, but God isn't shifty or deceiving. He's constant and true. Light doesn't cease from being light. Light is otherly. God is light. He is truth. How can we trust that God does good if we don't believe that he is good? This is the very warning that James presents to his audience. He warns them not to be led astray in verse 16. Be led astray from what? By what? It's important to surrender to this foundational truth in our lives as Christians when our circumstances and feelings tempt us to think that God is not good, especially when we're hurting. Or worse, that he tempts us unto evil thoughts and behaviors as we respond to difficult circumstances in our lives. Discouragement, despair, distrust and distractions from Satan are things that distract us from trusting the character and nature of God. 
These things can give way to lies about who God is and lead us astray in thinking the wrong things about who he is, believing that which is not true and accurate about him. This type of thinking can inevitably lead us to sin, turning away from trust and faith in God, and will destroy our ability to hope in Christ and follow him. Instead, we are admonished to remember that God isn't shifty or ever-changing. This is a critical contrast to how he described the person who seeks and asks God, yet doesn't believe or have faith. Faith is the foundational truth in which James has built his whole book off of. The person who seeks God asks for help, wisdom, and does not believe is the opposite of how we just described light. This is the opposite of the consistency of God as he doesn't change and vary from one wave of circumstance and emotion to the next. Believing the right thing and trusting God is paramount to living and responding rightly before God and others. If we don't understand and believe in who God is, then we have no chance of actually being like and living out who he is in our own lives. This will always lead to a joyless and ineffective relationship with him. There are several passages in particular that are remarkable in accommodating the idea that James has presented. The first one I would suggest is found in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5-7. through 7. It says, Now this is the gospel message we have heard from him and announced to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet keep on walking in the darkness, we are lying and not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You see, here in this passage, John makes a very clear declaration that God is, in fact, light. And there is no darkness or sin or evil in him. That God is holy, good, and righteous, and that this light is the gospel message presented to us. Also note the direct link he makes between this truth and and how those who follow him are to live. They are to walk in the same light, and Jesus enables us to be able to do this. That Jesus is our atoning sacrifice who speaks on our behalf before God's judgment, accomplishing our forgiveness, and advocates for our edification and benefit in order to serve him. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1-2. through 2. Remember what James has said in our section here in chapter 1, verse 18. By his sovereign plan, he gave us birth through the message of truth, and that we should be a kind of first fruits of all he created. That the message of truth has reached us, and we have been redeemed, making us the first fruit of creation, as it were, as redeemed people. In the reality of the biblical story, Israel was intended to be God's spiritual first fruits, as a nation of priests who were to witness to the other nations in fulfilling the promise of Abraham. For further study, see Genesis 12 and 15, Deuteronomy 4 and 6, and even Acts 13 and Galatians 3. Effectively, we, the church, those who believe and follow the example of faith from Abraham, are the first fruits of everything that Jesus Christ will restore. The church is the sign, the evidence of this hope for creation that complete restoration will happen. This is what he's promised. We are reborn, saved, recreated, and restored to image-bearing according to God's original intention of his creation. 
We are a new people in Christ who is our new Adam. We are a new people in Christ. And Christ is our new Adam, our sinless and righteous example of humanity. We are to multiply and represent his character and nature and how we rule and have dominion over the earth. We should live as signs of the coming restoration and redemption. Furthermore, John 1, 1 through 5 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was fully God. The Word was with God in the beginning. All things were created by Him, and apart from Him not one thing was created that has been created. In Him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. And the light shines on in the darkness, but the darkness has not mastered it. Again, here in John, we see that the truth about God came from heaven and that that truth was Jesus coming as life to men, which is the light in men. This truth is profound in that Jesus is the light, the holiness, righteousness, and goodness of God and has been given to man to save and enable him to be light. God is the father of lights. Jesus is the manifestation of God as the light, and we are made children of light to manifest him. Wow! Another passage in Colossians 1, 15-20 states, He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For all things in heaven and on earth were created in him. All things, whether visible or invisible, whether thrones or dominions, whether principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and all things are held together in him. He is the head of the body, the church, as well as the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself may become first in all things. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in his Son, and through him to reconcile all things to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross through him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And see, here in Colossians, the Apostle Paul has provided a foundational and vital truth about the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he has authority and dominion over all of creation, over all of the affairs of men, even our suffering, trials, and temptations, that he shares in the fullness of the character and nature of God, that he, in fact, is God. Jesus is good. Jesus is holy. Jesus is light. Jesus is also a loving, compassionate shepherd over his church. We can trust the goodness and care and the power of God through Jesus Christ. It is off of this monumental truth that we can seek and exercise faith in our God when things are difficult. This is the essence of James's exhortation. This is the right theology or right teaching that leads to right thinking behind his instruction. Matthew chapter 5 is a robust, intense declaration of Jesus describing the kind of people that will be in his kingdom. That kingdom people will unequivocally display and be driven by the light or holiness of God. For instance, they are, that they are people who lament the evil in the world and long for God's divine justice and righteousness. They are humble. They are people who are known as peacemakers. They're merciful, holy. They endure persecution and await their reward in heaven, all found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. In fact, 
Jesus calls these people children of God in verse 9. Do these things sound familiar? God is light, and we are called to follow him in accordance to that light as we encounter all kinds of trials, suffering, and temptations. Jesus goes on in verses 13 to 16 in Matthew 5 and calls these children to be salt and light amidst the darkness of the world and then proceeds to describe what this witness is supposed to look like. What Jesus says is very intense and difficult to accept. In Matthew 5 verses 17 to 48, he calls his people to do the impossible. He calls them to do that which is impossible without the supernatural transformation and power of God in us. He calls them to be salt and light in the following ways. Number one, he calls them to be holy, that unless we are wholly righteous, we will not be allowed to enter into the kingdom of God, verses 17 to 20. Number two, he says, don't murder and even control your unrighteous anger because that's a form of murder towards another. In fact, forgive and seek reconciliation with those whom you have conflict with, even before you come before God to worship, verses 21 and 26. Number three, don't commit adultery, Jesus says, and not even lust in your mind because that's a form of adultery, 27 to 30. Number four, he says, don't divorce. Stay committed to the one you've promised yourself to. In fact, if you divorce and remarry, you've committed adultery, so stay married to your spouse, verses 31 to 32. Jesus goes on in Matthew 5 and keeps on going and says, keep your promises and be a person of integrity. Do what you say you're going to do. Be trustworthy and reliable for you are representing Christ as salt and light, verses 33 to 37. Number six, he says, endure injustice and be willing to be wrong without retaliating. In fact, respond to the one persecuting you with kindness and generosity, 38 to 42. Jesus ends the chapter and says, love your neighbor and love your enemy just the same and pray for your enemy that they would turn away from their weakness and experience the goodness of God. Is there any parallel in what James is teaching, even in the specific areas that he is addressing in the book? Wealth, love, generosity, care, honesty, kindness, forgiveness, etc., Jesus and James are clearly teaching that in order to be salt and light, we need to be children of light because our heavenly father is light and we must be that light by following the example and heart of his son who is the light in men to men. In order to do this, we must be transformed by God, baptized in his spirit and obedient, teachable to how he wants us to live. This is true religion before God. Pray and ask God to search your heart and expose your thinking, expose your motives, and reflect upon your actions that aren't like the Son of Light. He will help you, but you have to trust that He is who He has said He is and that He's good. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu slash partner.